back to normal this week as we get ready to gear up and discuss uh, the death of John McCain and possibly the death of human decency. Just just a little discussion on that. It's not going to be a huge eulogy or anything like that. But a little bit of discussion surrounding how people handled that issue. Uh, Gary Johnson running for Senate in New Mexico under the Libertarian banner caught a huge endorsement. I wrote a blog on it, but we're going to expound on it a little bit more in dialogue today. And also, Delaware's primaries, Delaware's primaries, Delaware's primaries are coming up this week. The candidate that I'm hoping moves forward for the GOP Senate nomination. All this and a little bit more is coming up. This is FritzCast. It's bloody Happy Friday, Friday, August 31st, 2018. And how are you all doing today? This week you'll notice, unlike last week's episode, this week is not in a moving vehicle while I'm operating it, which was probably, I mean, probably A, illegal for me to do because, oh yeah, it wasn't hands-free. The entire time I was driving, I was not hands-free. Nobody died. That's that's a that's an accomplishment in my book. Nobody died, but I I was not entirely what you would call hands free during that episode. Okay, um, but but this this episode we're not we're not in a moving car. So I mean we've we've learned right. We've moved on. Not that not to say that last week's episode was bad in quality or anything. I think there was actually some good discussion uh, and a good 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 amount of topics to talk about uh, last week. In that episode, so if you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen to it, and then come to this episode. That's how things work if you want to do it chronologically, if, if you want to do it with some sort of logic. Uh, that's not to say you can't do it uh, in whatever order you wish. This is a free world, and I promote free you know, expression and, and freedom of, of choice for that stuff. I absolutely do. In fact, probably within the last like week or so... On Twitter, I, I ran into a, a guy named Jimmy Davis, uh, who runs this podcast called The Moderate Podcast. And I am doing the very thing I suggested you not do. I listened to his most recent episode, and then I started backtracking and backlogging to to listen to what he's done with The Moderate Podcast. Uh, shout out to Jimmy Davis and at The Mod Podcast One on Twitter. The Mod Podcast One. Uh, on Twitter, follow him and give his show a listen because uh, his, uh, I think it was episode 9 that he did. I think he's on episode 10 now, but episode 9 was a very, very informative episode that he did in regards to the Cohen investigation. And episode 8, Actually, is what I'm thinking about. Episode 8 was especially about Paul Manafort, what Paul Manafort did. Very very, uh, very detailed guy, bringing up aspects of, of things that, because 
because they were significant a couple years ago, we've forgotten details and we're not even talking about certain angles of things. And he refreshed that in my head when I was listening to his podcast. Like, holy crap, that's right. Man of Fort did do that. Or that did happen. And this was during the, the campaign of Donald Trump and all. Like, stuff that you just forget because in this ever-evolving world, and I'm, I steal this from John Ziegler all the time. That's why I tell people to follow him every Saturday. If you're, if you're following me on Twitter at FritzQS, every Saturday morning, I do, like, my podcast catch-up where... I, I, it's like a follow Friday, but I do it Saturday. I do it with the hashtag Saturday morning because, you know, when, when you were a kid growing up, it was Saturday morning cartoons. You would get up Saturday morning cartoons, drinking your chocolate milk, eating cereal and junk because your parents didn't really want you awake period anyway. And they were sleeping in. And as an adult or as adults, for me, it's podcast time. It's podcast catch up time. Listen to the world according to Zieg. From John Ziegler, uh, amazing podcast, amazing guy. Uh, every week, well, semi every week. He's a little, it's a little disheveled, but you know, it is what it is. I always promote him. I always promote political otters, otters talking politics. They're uh, they're a great duo, and their podcast is great as well. And I just I post other people too. Um, some of them are consistent. Some of them switch in and out. I don't want anybody. If you're listening and I follow you on Twitter and I've talked to you about your podcast or your material, stuff that you do, Sarcasm and Liberty is a great example too because there's a lot of people in the Sarcasm and Liberty network that do a lot of their own endeavors as well as try to contribute to Sarcasm and Liberty. And we're, we're, all, we're all networking. We're all trying to promote each other and it's a lot of people. So Saturday, I don't like to do like multiple posts on a Saturday. I fit as many people into one post as I can. Throwing in a blurb to uh, Brian Nicholas, Brian Nichols' Liberty Show is another example too. Uh, if you're in that and you haven't been featured yet, I mean, you know, don't don't be discouraged. It's not something like you know, oh, Fritz doesn't care about me, he doesn't like me, whatever. It's it's literally as things get refreshed in my memory, as I think, you know, did I give a shout out to this person? Did I give this person props? Did I, did I do my duty to this person today? You know. That's all it is. That's it. Like, don't get hung up. It's Twitter, you know? I d- people barely post me and, and follow stuff, all right? There, there's a handful of people I can think that do it consistently, and I love them for it, for helping me out, and I help them out. But that's it. Don't take it personal, man. Don't don't take it personal, all right? And we're going to talk about taking things personal in a minute, but don't take it personal, man, all right? So this this past week uh, was a normal, normal-ish type of you know week for me went uh had to go back to work you know no more no more training breaks none of that none of that crap although i will say i uh, a fair amount amount of time i spent on my xbox which i it, it's been a while since i just sat down and played like video games it's not it's not something i get to do as often anymore and and the older i get to the more I branch away from video games, it's because it's a huge, it's a huge time sucker, man. Just for an example, there's there's people that I work with right now who are like, you know, oh, when we get off work, we're gonna hop on and we're gonna play uh, Players Unknown Battlegrounds, and they'll do it for like three hours straight. I'm not, you know, I, I can't do that anymore. I'm not, I'm not a kid anymore. I can't pull that off. Like I, I play a game for like maybe an hour. Hour and a half tops, 
may you know and that's it and then i'm like i gotta do something else and i pick up a book and i read i mean mind you while i'm playing video game if i play a video game if i boot one up chances are i'm playing a podcast or a tv show in the background on like a ipad or something because my mind is so disheveled that i can't just have it on one thing or or the other that that's how crazy that i am but this past week I got EA Access, which uh, that you can get it for like five bucks a month, or you can spend I think it's twenty nine ninety nine or thirty nine ninety nine I forget which for an entire year's worth of EA Access, and uh, it's just a yearly payment. And EA Access is like a membership club practically. You you spend thirty dollars, and EA Access has full-blown versions of video games from their catalog that you can just download and play. It's not streaming. You actually download the file of the video game as if you had bought it off the store and download it onto your Xbox or your PlayStation, because I believe it's on PlayStation as well. You do that, you download it, and then you can play it all you want, all the live long day. You have the full version of the game as long as you're a you know, paying, subscribed member. And, uh, so, it's like, I haven't played games like Madden since, like, 2015. I haven't played NHL since 2015. Uh, I stopped buying the periodic, you know, yearly release sports games because they're really just roster updates. They throw in a couple of different things, but they're really just roster updates that, uh, the video game industry, EA Sports, really, it's really just EA Sports, gets money out of people for it um and it's sad it's sad that that's how it works it's sad that uh, gamers fell for that one and some of them are so addicted that they can't break from it but needless to say i broke from it so i'm playing madden for the first time like in in years and it's so different it's so dynamically different that i'm actually sitting down trying to teach myself how to play it because there's so much different stuff that you do now for madden it's not literally just you know snap the ball, drop back, and, and hit a button to pass it to a receiver. You have to hit a combination of buttons if you want to throw the ball high or throw the ball bullet style. And you have to hit buttons for how you want your receiver to catch it. I mean, that's nuts. That's nuts. It's a whole different dynamic of a game. So I'm sitting here playing Madden 18. I know Madden 19's out. Oh, you're you're playing 18? I don't care. I'm not going out and throwing 60 bucks to get Madden 19 to get the latest roster update. I'm playing last year's Madden. And I'm still, like, I'm I'm kicking my own butt trying to learn how to play it. Same thing with NHL 18, with the hockey, all right? I'm taking my time. But it's nice, too, because I'll have, like, early access and game trial for, like, Battlefield 5 coming out in the next, like, couple of days or, or a week or so. I'll have early access and I can try to play yeah, I can play it during the open beta, see if I really do like it, all that stuff. So if you were if you were on the cusp about EA access, like eh, should I? It's thirty bucks for the year. If you can tough it out for a couple of months from a new release, it's gonna either end up super discounted to buy or just on there to play. And then they have a backlog of, of games from Xbox three sixty days and all that. I, I think it's a great thing and I think that I, I think that that could be the future of gaming. I'm really surprised that a Netflix... And I'm not talking about, like... There was a gaming Netflix called Gamefly where you would get a game in and you could play it and you would send it back in and get another game. Um, but that I wasn't big on that. 
I'm really surprised there hasn't been a streaming type of platform that's really taken off. Xbox is putting one out. PlayStation's putting one out now. I think that's the future where it'll just become a yearly subscription type of thing to play some games. And that's just technology and evolution working hand in hand. That, that That's that's how dynamics break through and, and things change. So that's what, I mean, literally, that's something that I picked up in the last week. I've enjoyed that because, like, I've gone back and played Battlefield 4 uh, because I've played so much Battlefield 1, I forgot what Modern Warfare was like, so I jumped into Battlefield 4, gearing up for Battlefield 5 now. That being said, uh, I'm not really sure how I want to tackle the topics that I that are on my brain this week. Uh, I'm spinning a wheel, just throwing a dart out there. We're going to start with Gary Johnson. It's been, it's. I think, I f- it feel like it's been a hot minute since I've said the name Gary Johnson on the program. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure when the last time I said Gary Johnson on the program was, but you know, back in the 2016 election cycle, I think every episode was something about Gary Johnson, the Libertarian Party, and uh, the Liberty Movement. So, if you haven't, if you if you don't know this story, uh, and I wrote about it on my blog at fritzcast.wordpress.com, I broke my blogging silence on my personal blog. I, like, I get writer's block sometimes, and sometimes I just get too busy that I'm like, I'm not doing a blog. Wanted to write something about this because it's been a big breaking thing. So let me lay out the story for you real quick. After the 2016 presidential election, and Gary Johnson clearly did not win uh, because we have President Donald Trump, and if it, depending on who you are, if you're a supreme liberal, you might be one of those people who are thinking, you're the reason that we have Donald Trump, you goddamn third-party voters. If only those if only those votes had went to who they rightfully belonged to, Hillary Clinton, we would have President Hillary Clinton and life would be perfect and rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> if if you're that type of person. Um Gary Johnson and Bill Weld. Bill Weld, who I I don't know what kind of relationship he has with the Libertarian Party right now. He's a he's a donor, he's a fundraiser. He's there, not really sure you could call the man a libertarian. And there's some people who are gearing up for him to be the 2020 nominee for the Libertarian Party. Like, like that's going to throw fuel to the fire or something. I have no idea. But the point is, they, they secured just under 5 million votes, which is a big, significant thing uh, for a third-party candidate of a you know of a third party for the libertarian party to get nearly 5 million votes and something like close to 4% overall was a big deal uh it was a big deal i hate to say historical but i mean i mean it, i guess yes i guess kind of historical in all that uh, if you don't know the Libertarian Party, the Libertarian Movement, nothing. There's been a lot of infighting uh, since Gary Johnson's nomination to that spot and throughout his 2016 presidential campaign. There was a lot of infighting among Libertarians because Gary Johnson's not a Libertarian. and He's not even Libertarian enough. That's, some, that's a fight that Libertarians get into all the time. Somebody not being 
libertarian enough. And then you have the anarchy wing and the anarcho-capitalists and the minarchists and you have, uh, oh yeah, there's a libertarian social caucus. Whatever the hell that means. Like, did you know you could just take two ideologies and mash them together? They're like, they're, it's like being a Roman Catholic atheist. Like, makes no sense, has no place in the world. You are the antithesis of the very two different things you're believing. But, you know, let's print, print it on a piece of paper and go to the conventions and talk about how libertarian socialists are a thing. I mean, what are you? I'm a libertarian socialist, so what does that mean? It means that I believe that the means of production should be seized by the government, even though the government should be completely limited in its powers and what it does, so that, that way it can benefit society as a whole. Um, I don't think you understand the ideologies very well. But anyway, so we had a lot of infighting over Gary Johnson. Was he the be- was he the perfect quintessential libertarian candidate to run for president? Was he really? Was he? Was he? Was he? No, nobody's the ideal candidate for anything. Okay, let's stop with this perfection seeking for just a minute. Gary Johnson performed way better than anybody else you would have put up there. Doesn't matter. Gary Johnson. Put his best foot forward. Did he flub? Yeah, sure. He didn't know where Aleppo was. Guess what? Nearly 60% of America didn't even know what Aleppo was until that question was asked. And we actually, Fritz cast, we did it. We broke it down because Mike Barnacle, the man who asked that question of Gary Johnson, asked him for a reason. And Mike Barnacle wrote a, a huge like op-ed piece about why he asked that and why it was significant that he asked that and how Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump might have fared if he asked him that question. But nobody cared about that. Nobody, nobody paid attention to that. Nobody, nobody, nobody gave a shit about that. So after that, Gary Johnson got kind of quiet. Most of us assumed that Gary Johnson's just done. That's what I assumed. I figured, okay, he's done. He's not gonna. He's clearly not gonna throw his hat in the twenty twenty. Third time is not the charm for Gary Johnson. So he's done. So somebody's gonna have to step up in twenty twenty and try to do, hopefully, as good as Gary Johnson did, vote wise. Now, why he stayed quiet? Bill Weld, like I said, has been going around doing fundraising and all this other stuff with the Libertarian Party. He's getting buddy-buddy, and I guess he's gearing up for trying to run for 2020. Okay, whatever, Bill Weld. Let's see if you can win me over on that. I don't... I, I, I don't... I don't foresee it, but... I, you know, I guess never say never, but I just... I don't foresee that being a thing. Gary did work he's, he still continued to do work he did work with our american initiative that's like his whole baby project to try to push through third party options not just libertarian options but third party options because third party candidates trying to get into debates even at a state local level is hard there's hurdles all throughout if you're trying to buck the system clearly i mean obviously there's going to be hurdles but 
you're trying to buck the system, you're trying to force a third party, you're trying to break a duopoly, a, a 50-50 or a 49-51 split between two parties, you're going to come into some scrutiny and you're going to be in very um, tormented waters trying to navigate through that. Gary was just chilling at home in New Mexico, more or less. And Aubrey Dunn was running on the Libertarian platform for uh, to be the Senate nominee for New Mexico. Thing is, Aubrey Dunn is already like New Mexico Public Lands Commissioner uh, elected to office. He was actually elected as a Republican, switched over to Libertarian. I believe possibly re-elected as Libertarian, but don't quote me on that. In any case, Aubrey is a Libertarian now. Dropped his campaign for Senate run because he said, you know what, I'm an elected official, I need to focus on the task that I'm you know, given to do as Public Lands Commissioner. If I want to run for Senate, I shouldn't be holding a current position that I need to focus my time and energy on. So he dropped and did that. The Libertarian Party of Mexico, of New Mexico, not not of Mexico, of New Mexico, then decided to just nominate Gary Johnson. He Gary Johnson wasn't running for Senate, wasn't having political discussions about it, wasn't having a thought about it in the world. And the Libertarian Party just, you know, voted on it and said, Gary Johnson's the nominee. And there was news reports about how Gary Johnson had to sit there and mull it over. He was like, I, I don't know, do I want to run for Senate? I think that that little bit right there, I think that's that's kind of remarkable. The fact that you had somebody that wasn't even actively campaigning or seeking a, a Senate seat. They weren't seeking a position of power in the government to represent people. Yet people cast their vote for that person anyway. Is that not truly remarkable that a party would just go out on a limb and say, you know what, let's, let's, you know, Gary Johnson, he tried running for president, he got five million votes on a national scale. We like him. We like his, we like his policies. We like his politics. We liked him when he was governor here. Let's nominate Gary Johnson and see if he will take the mantle and do it. And then the guy gets it and has to sit there and go i don't i don't know do i want to run for senate is that something that i'm interested in doing that's truly remarkable uh, sometimes i wonder what the political landscape would be more often if people who didn't seek the power were voted on not necessarily election wise but voted on to be nominees like, I can't imagine just waking up one day, somebody knocking on the door and going, hey, by the way, um, the the Libertarian Party here in Delaware or the Republican Party or just enough citizens signed a petition that say they want you to run for senator. You interested? Sign on the bottom line. Like, can you imagine if that happened to you? Just Just think about it for you and your, ideolo- your ideology, your political philosophy. Can you imagine if somebody came up to you and said, hey, enough people say they want you to run for Senate. So it's not like you were seeking power, you were seeking a powerful seat or whatever. People just said they would rather have you in there than anybody else. 
That's got to be an odd feeling. Gary Johnson. We did call his opponents, by the way, the incumbent Democratic Senator Martin Heinrich and uh, his Republican challenger, Nick Rich, for interviews. We still haven't heard back from either, uh, but we hope to have each and both on the show. Governor, very good to have you. Thank you. Thanks, Neil. Uh, this was uh, an unexpected uh, opportunity, completely unplanned. But uh, if it were laid on your plate that you might get be able to be elected to the U.S. Senate and be the swing vote in the Senate, uh, I dare say you'd seriously have to consider doing that. And, and I am doing it. I think there needs to be a voice in Washington when it comes to spending. When it comes to the deficit, I really think that uh, the deficit is the biggest issue facing this country right now, and the eventuality of continuing to print about 25 cents out of every dollar that we spend at some point is going to be horrible inflation, and that's going to well, be the worst made, tax let's say you of made it. I'm sorry. That's just a snippet of, a, of one of the initial uh, news interviews that uh, Gary Johnson got. Uh, following the announcement that he would, in fact, run for uh, Senate in New Mexico as a libertarian. And uh, the big breaking news that happened, a big breakthrough for Gary Johnson, and it was a big deal, and that's why I blogged about it, fritzcast.wordpress.com. Gary Johnson nabbed a endorsement from a very prominent Republican senator, Kentucky's own Rand Paul, friend of the show, Rand Paul. I still stand with Rand. Uh, I still wish that we all voted for Rand Paul uh, in the 2016 election, but we did not. Uh, did not happen. Now Rand Paul's under scrutiny for trying to be diplomatic in Russia with Russians, and a bunch of lefties are calling him are calling him a. a Putin's bitch, which, I mean, that that's, I've talked about this. That's what it's become. Politics is so divisive that trying to be diplomatic with Russia is, in fact, according to the left at least, completely and, and utterly wrong because of... You know, Trump-Russia possible collusion. Trump-Russian sort of collusion. Trump-Russian possible collusion. Trump-Russian metal collusion. Trump-Russia possible collusion. Trump-Russian potentially collusion. Trump-Russia possible collusion. Trump-Russia possible collusion. Yeah, you know, despite the fact that we had this big, you know, breaking news thing where we figured out that Russia did in fact use social media platforms to infiltrate both the extreme left and the extreme right sides of the political spectrum, influencing an election through social media means on the internet. That's what they did. They attacked both sides. They didn't just pick on, you know, the, they didn't just pick and bolster the Republican side. They did it to divide us. That's what, that's what Russia did. They did it to divide us. And guess what? They're still succeeding when you jump on Rand Paul's throat for trying to be diplomatic and finding solutions between the relationship between us and Russia. All plays into it. All plays into it. But but that doesn't matter because Trump and Russia, they colluded. That's what got Hillary Clinton losing the election. Okay? If you love America, blue wave 2018. Right. Well, whatever. But unprecedented, in, I would say extremely unprecedented, that Rand Paul, Republican senator, GOP, would come out and say this about Gary Johnson. 
on Rand Paul's own personal Twitter page, not his not his senatorial page, but his at Dr. Rand Paul personal Twitter page. Rand Paul said, Governor Gary Johnson is a true fiscal conservative. As governor, he reduced the size of government while improving services. He will be an important ally and a critical independent voice in the U.S. Senate. That's huge. That's huge for Rand Paul to come out and and, and endorse Gary Johnson as a libertarian, as an independent candidate, stressing the importance. He said he will be an important ally and a critical independent voice. A GOP senator saying that. It, it That is truly, truly significant to happen. Some people blew it off as nothing, but that's significant. That is a big deal to notice. It makes me respect Rand Paul even more. It makes me think that maybe he's gearing up to make up for some shortcomings and some baffling decisions um, within the past couple of months. And it, it truly, it shocked me, but Gary Johnson nabbing that endorsement, that's a big, big deal. And it'll be interesting to see if anybody follows up on that. People the likes of Thomas Massey, Justin Amash... Could you imagine if Ben Sass did such a thing? Or Mike Lee out of Utah. It starts off small. Liberty starts off as a brush fire. That's a brush fire right there. Now, uh, McCain, John McCain, senator from from Arizona, uh, very, very predominant spotlight character in in politics probably over the last decade maybe maybe the last two decades uh passed away and when somebody passes away in politics it it becomes this very delicate um environment uh because nobody nobody I don't really think anybody wants to celebrate the death of somebody um now John McCain uh did I like his policies did I like how he conducted some of his business in the Senate uh some of his stances um there there's actually a lot about John McCain that I did not like probably more that I did not like than I did like um that being said you get on social media, and social media is this this whole, you know, once upon a time people called it the greatest thing ever. Nowadays, I think people are like 50-50 split on it. I think social media has uh, brought out some of the worst in people at times. I might have not liked John McCain as a person. I might not have liked his policies. I might not have liked his stances. Uh That being said, when he passes away, 
there's a couple things to keep in mind. That man was a prisoner of war. Uh, did have to go through horrible, unspeakable things his time as a prisoner of war. Uh, in a war that uh, obviously has its fair share of, of criticism itself. And then John McCain continued his life in, in public service as a politician. And whether or not we liked his policies or, or his or his ideas, that's that's one thing. No nobody is spared or immune from the criticisms of that or their conduct. Nobody nobody's freed from those criticisms, even in even in death or not. However, there's class and there's couth and there's way to handle things. And there's way to respect the fact that somebody has passed away. Including for their life, including for not only their life, their family, their friends, their colleagues. But there's just that class and couth to have, you know, anyway. Uh, John McCain definitely had policy stances especially foreign policy stances, especially stances and policy on warfare that were, I mean, truly not good. But I still want to pay respects to the man, to to his family, to his friends, by not getting all happy-go-lucky that he died. And it's sad that you could go on social media and see that people were ready to... that that so many people were ready to piss on his grave. And the man's not even buried yet. Um, That's what's going on right now in the news right now. There's there's 24-7 coverage on his funeral. That's something that that truly... It's truly baffling to me. At least anyway. I don't like holding people up on a pedestal and having these grandoys, parades, and such. I mean, I've watched presidential funerals before I watched Reagan's I watched Ford's um just because they were on and I wanted you know this is something you know, what is what exactly are we doing and I watched it and but some of them are so grandoise and all that like I really wonder why all that pop circumstance and grandeur for a funeral of somebody who was you know you know president for four years or president for eight years or a senator for so many years were parading their body around and, and having all these different services and, and vigils and stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to get into the pomp and circumstance of that. Um, very much. I don't even want to criticize uh, John McCain that much because he's passed away. His family's passed away. Or he's passed away. His family is, is dealing with that. His colleagues, his friends, his associates, the Senate... It's all dealing with that. Um, doesn't matter that I didn't really care for his policies. Didn't really, you know, it doesn't matter. what. And the other thing, I mean, we could have the political discussion, too, of how many, how many people in this politically divided world and atmosphere that we have, how many people are um, trying to criticize the flip-flopping from, you know, in 2008. Think about, think back to 2008, and the things that were said against John McCain by Democrats and and the the political racing and all that, when I mean John McCain gracefully bowed out 
when Barack Obama won. Um, he did so professionally, professionally and eloquently, for real, if we want to be honest about that. But, say, I mean, some of the things that were said against him in the 2008 election, how some of his colleagues treated him, and now they're hailing and revering him for simply merely just standing up to Trump in these past couple of months. I mean, I will say that, too. The fact that he was sick and getting this treatment and still actively serving in his role that he was elected to is a testament to character of how he took his duty uh, for being elected. I just, I, I can't stand the pissy back and forth things when, when somebody dies like that. If you didn't like the guy, you didn't like the guy, but... You know, let the dead rest in peace. Just let the dead rest in peace. Have some cooth. For the love of God, have some cooth. With regard to McCain, um, I was a lot sadder than I normally would have been. And it's mostly because I think his death is very symbolic. And by the way, it's not just symbolic. I think it actually, there may be a practical element here but it's symbolic of something that is now gone from our country and is probably never coming back and if i had to describe that i would describe it in the following manner uh, balls and character we have an extraordinary dearth of balls and character in public life and let's face it a lot of what made america great at some point were balls and character now, John McCain was not a perfect person. Nobody is, all right? John would be the first person to tell you he's not perfect. Um, if I, you know, I had to criticize him, I would say, in a weird way, uh, McCain's a little bit like uh, James Comey in that he's in love with his own virtue. I mean, there's no question that John McCain loved being a maverick, loved being the guy who had balls and character. But he earned that. Five and a half years in a prison camp, I think you earned that. And so, uh, and I didn't agree with him on policy on everything. I, he flip-flopped on immigration uh, several times. He was a little too prone to compromising with Democrats, and he enjoyed that a little bit too much for, for my taste. But by and large, you cannot argue that the guy loved his country, put his country first, and he had balls and character. And it's interesting, and part of why I'm very sad about the timing of his death, is that obviously Donald Trump hates James Comey and has shown disdain for John McCain, even as late as this week, not even mentioning him when it was announced that he was stopping medical treatment. I don't think that's a coincidence because Donald Trump has no character has no virtue to be in love with and frankly also has no balls although his his cultists like to think that he does and so people who have balls and character trump inherently dislikes because it makes him feel badly about himself let's be clear about that that's just a snippet from john ziegler's latest podcast world according to zig Look that one up. You can get his full thoughts on the McCain's passing, on John McCain's passing. 
And I tend to agree with John on this one, that for as much as policy I might have disagreed on it, for as not perfect as a man that John McCain was, I'm not gonna be piss. I'm not gonna be pissing over somebody's grave. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it for a guy that had balls and character. So I'm leaving it at that. And I'm leaving you there with that. That's it for the Fritzcast this week, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following me on Twitter. Thank you for telling people to follow me on Twitter. For whatever reason, whether you agree with me or not, you can tell me that you agree with me. You can tell me that I'm full of crap. It's okay. It's all right. Perfectly fine. This is my program. I'm letting out my mind, not your mind. But if you would like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at FritzQS on Twitter, F-R-I-T-Z-Q-S. It'll come up as FritzCast Podcast. Uh, You can follow me on Minds.com as FritzCast Podcast as well. You can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash thefritzcast. Don't forget the word the. And guys, if you want to get in touch with me, it's fritzcastpodcast at gmail.com. I did not get to the segment about discussing Gene Chirono for uh, U.S. Senate here in Delaware, the GOP. The GOP hopeful nominee. Uh, He's still in a primary battle against Rob Arlett, who I really, really do not like. And, uh... And in terms of the other options to try to get Tom Carper out, it's Carrie Ann Harris. And uh, she's having Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez come here to stump for her. And I just don't see it working out in Delaware. I think I think with that alone, it's probably going to push more people just to keep in Carper where he's at. And I don't know, man. I don't think anything's going to get Tom Carper out of his seat for that. Uh, I think Gene Chirono is the way to go. I think that is the principled choice to go forward. I I would suggest looking up Gene Chirono on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Facebook uh, to see his to see and hear his stances. He's debated up and down the state with and against his uh, primary opponent Rob Arlett, but also has had several civilized debates with uh, Carrie Ann Harris, and I think they've been very productive and very juicy. And I th- I'll probably write something up like blog style for this week coming up for uh for gene gene Chirono. so keep your eyes peeled for that guys love you thank you and i'll see you next week